station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Good evening, Khuenand, Moweni, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali Show. So tonight we start a four-part series on toxic relationships, abusive relationships, and it's quite sad that we constantly have to speak about this part of our lives and how it affects our people, um, our family, our loved ones. In this studio with me is Miriam Fredericks, who is a social worker, also a supervisor at the Sarki Bartman Center. Miriam, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh and thank you for having me and good evening and salamu alaikum to all the listeners. You know, I'm, I'm so pleased that you are in the studio because sometimes and very often we do telephonic um, conversations and then it's just not the same. So it's lovely to see you in studio, honestly. It just makes that whole conversation feel more real. Mm-hmm. So to start off, Miriam, I'd like to ask you, you are the supervisor at Sarki Bartman Center. So to tell us more about Sarki Bartman Center. What is it? What do you do? What do you stand for? And the programs that you run there as well, because I just know that it's very stunning. Please. Um, I'm happy that you introduced it like that because I myself am very proud of the services that you deliver there. Alhamdulillah. Um, Saki Batman Center is, um, the actual name is Saki Batman Center for Women and Children. Okay. Because we admit mothers um, who are the direct um, victim. Mm-hmm. And then whoever her children are, accompany her um, up to the age of 18. So okay. any adult children we cannot admit unless they are victims themselves. Okay. So that's the one first unique thing about Saki Batman that we actually take the male child also to up to the age of 17 or 18. Okay. No other center takes um, young males up to that age. Yeah. It has got its own difficulties, but Alhamdulillah we happen to manage that. Um, you touched on something just now when you said about the sadness of discussing this. Now, a lot of people don't understand when I say, sadly, Saki Batman is in existence for 20 years. Because yeah. to me, it is the fact that we still need this. And this last two yes. months in South Africa, unfortunately, the scourge of violence towards women and children and even uh, the violence towards men in our country yes. um, indicates that we need these kind of safe houses. Absolutely. So yeah. at Saki Batman, we can admit the women, as I say, with the children um, for a period of four months and if is, she's been so, abused. So is it considered like a safe house? A safe house. It okay. is like a safe house. Okay. And um, as I say, they stay for four months. There's no charge. Um, they can be admitted any time um, 
within the 24 hours. We don't close our doors, although there's tight security at the gates. Um, but the social workers are only there from 8.30 to 4.30. After that, we do what we call an emergency admission. And then the person will be seen the following morning by a social worker who will then assess if it is the right placement or not. Because sometimes it's somebody who's just... Um, seeking accommodation and that's not what we're about it is for the abused woman okay and that's what i wanted to ask my next mm-hmm. question was going to be whether you have particular criteria oh, for the the people whom you um admit and the other question also is and i mean you're going to cover it in mm-hmm. your criteria so so this is the center for women and children mm-hmm. i'd like us to also speak about when an abused man were to come to you and what that process mm-hmm. would also be but let's just go to whether you have particular criteria for the people that you will see and admit. Well, the main criteria is the fact that it must be somebody with this gender-based violence or domestic violence involved. Mm -hmm. That is the main criteria and that she needs a safe house. She has nowhere else to go. Nobody can take her in and people can be referred by any hospital. They can be walk-ins. They can be referred by the um, South African police or um, the magistrate or courts or whatever. So, um, or private doctors or anybody can can be admitted. We also have ongoing counselling for the community as well. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about the programmes, and yes. I'm also happy to say that um, we have uh, social workers who will deal with ongoing counselling for women who don't want admission, okay. who are not ready yet for admission. Okay. You know? And where will you do that counselling? In at community centres, or will no. it also happen at Sarke all, all our services are based at our organisation. Okay. So we have different sections of the pins that those people will go to reception and then to intake. We call it intake. Take. Mm-hmm. And if the person's been admitted, they will go to the orientation section, sure. which they will stay for two weeks. Okay. Whereas we, you and I were talking about how traumatized people are. So that is to give them that chance to first calm down, mm-hmm. to come accustomed to the place, to adjust to the place. It's not easy, as you can imagine, yeah. to leave your home, yeah. um, to uproot yourself in that way, to sure. make the actual decision that, yes, I am going to leave my husband, Must, my lover, my partner. And, and I mean, I, I think the, the women that you deal with in that period must be so scared. Yes, yes, they are. They are because oh, I mean, if when they're leaving, they very often they'll be running away. They'll be fearing for their life. Yes. They'll have nowhere to go, and I'm sure they will also sit with the fear of maybe he'll he'll find out that I'm here, yeah, often, and often, maybe yeah. he'll come after me. Very there. much so. That's why I said we have tight security. I was going we have to security at our gate. No perpetrator is allowed onto our premises. Mm-hmm. So immediately we will alert the security what the person's name is. If the woman has a photograph, we will land it to security. If they already have a protection order, we will give that to security as okay. well. We have a good partnership with the local police station, which mm-hmm. is um, either um, Manenberg, Manenberg or Guguletu, but okay. Manenberg is the closest to us. Yeah. Um, so, And also our social workers, our receptionists, all our administrative staff know we never give information about anybody who's been admitted there. So it can be the parent even phoning to say, I brought my daughter. And I say, oh, no, we don't know that person, um, but give me your name and number. I'll get back to you. Then we'll go to the daughter and say um, is your mother's name this and that do you want us to communicate if she says no she's part of the perpetrator ring or whatever then uh, we deny that she is there okay so so people of the the women who are there their confidentiality is absolutely absolutely protected yes yes. what happens and and just to ask about it so what Mm -hmm. happens if you now have school going children because you're saying that the the women are there for a period of 
four four months. months. How do you continue to protect confidentiality? Isn't that kind of, you know, like a weak weak point there? But also, um, that's a big problem for us, especially this time of the year. Mm -hmm. If people are being admitted at this stage, to cut a child's education now, to get a a transfer for them, because you must know, uh, abuse happens in all strata of society, all religions, all cultures, all economic groups. So people can be coming from Grassy Park or whatever. So how do you get the child back to that school? So we get, we have got some wonderful schools very close to us. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to mention one or two, which is sure. Easter Peak in Manenburg and then Surrey, Estate, Surrey Primary mm-hmm. around the corner from us. They are wonderful. They understand the transient lifestyle yeah. of our clients and they yeah. will admit the child. Yeah. And Because these children will also be children of trauma. Yes. So, and, yes. and so teachers and so must be kind of aware yes. that, you know, this child could present in yes. a particular way Absolutely. because and, of the and trauma they carry. I'm also happy you touched on that because we, our population is 100 any given day. We have approximately either 50 women or 50 children or 40 women and 60 children. Yeah. We have quite a big um, children's population because presently lots of moms are coming in with five or six children. We have wow. quite a few like that. So then it limits wow. the amount of mothers we can actually admit of because course. there's so many children coming in. Of course. Um, but that's the nature of the, of yeah. the work. You know, yeah. we also get single moms coming in. Um, we have, and like I said, it's across the whole strata of society. For instance, yeah. we have professionals as well. I've had social workers. Yeah. I've had teachers, yeah. nurses with BAs that have been admitted. So, and I, and I think it's so important for us to speak about, I mean, we're really, really hopping, but yes. I think yes. it's just the conversation flowing. Um, Mariam, would you not say that very, very often, if you see yourself as a professional person, you see yourself as, you know what, I, I really think that I'm a person who has, who can, is intellectual, etc., and and but I feel so ashamed because I am, you know, a yes. professional person mm. to be to to have to admit mm. that I've been abused. Mm. We spoke earlier on you and I before the program about the the, 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 the shame, the issue of shame. Um, it really is something that that we need to. Um, I think it's also got to do with the stigma attached in mm-hmm. society. So. Um, the woman feels guilty or shame that her parents must know, that her colleagues must know, or yeah. that her friends must know this is what's happened to her. So because that's really a big issue that she needs to overcome. Yeah. And, and because she's making you do that feel big jump coming into a shelter. You know, we, we, we pro- try and provide, you know, if the economic um, condition at the moment of the whole country is, is not that good. So we get, we're not getting that kind of amount of donations that we used to get. So we're not in a palace you know and unfortunately they have to share bedrooms sometimes with another family that's not easy it's not easy for the children the mother knows why she's left home they don't understand they love their dad very much they don't know why they can't be with him so there's all those adjustments and issues and that that, that do arise Um, but coming to that I want to say really multiple multiple levels work isn't it yes absolutely I mean how I'm so proud of because I've only been there for two and a half years and in that time we've I'm not saying because of me it's just things that have come into play and the Department yeah. of Social Development has supported us a lot in this mm-hmm. that we have two dedicated social workers to work with in child protection alone. We have an organization called Safe Line that rents office space on our premises so we can refer children that have been sexually molested, we can refer to them directly. Uh, we have a paralegal person that's one of our employees and we can she assists people with protection orders with divorce proceedings um, with uh, evictions um, and, and things like that and that that eases their way in a way because they don't have to go directly to the court at that stage she yeah. gives they have all the papers issued on the perpetrator and then she gets a date 
yes. to be admitted to, to, or to go to court. Um, we also have um, ongoing counselling for the children as well. We have a dedicated social worker who deals with the children. We have our own creche, the ECD centre, on the premises. So when the moms are working, and this is what we try and do. We have an empowerment program. Ours is an empowerment program. We so much want the women to become independent. So when they leave there, they can live on their own and yeah. they can go forward with their lives. They can change their lifestyle. Yeah. So while the moms are at work, they go to the ECD center. Or uh, we also do lots of training, skills training. At the moment, we're doing computer skills training for them. It's and, an eight-day course. And would that be for your older children as well as mommies? No, or? just for the moms. moms. Most, most of our old, older children are placed in school. Okay. And um, that's why I'm saying up to now, um, up to this holiday, yes. all our children were placed into schools. But now we're going yeah. to struggle with this next two months or three months coming up. You know, it's really going to be difficult around that. Yeah, because then you're disrupting mm, the yes, child. The you year. can't find placement. Yes. yes. And, and you know, I think that is why so many mommies will say, I'll just hold oh, out child. till yes. the end yes. of the year, till yes. they've written the yes. exam. And, and so on. And hey? in danger at that time. And but you see, we also have, alhamdulillah, so many supportive family members because a, a sister or aunt will say, leave the child with me for the next six weeks. Let him finish okay. the school okay. uh, curriculum. Let him finish the school So that's year. very, very so helpful. So alhamdulillah, eh? that has helped. And they can come to us weekends yeah. or whenever there's a holiday. Wow. They they allowed to come at stay. Wow, you you golly Mirim, you do wonderful mm. work. And I just want to ask, um, because my thoughts would be if a mommy leaves her home at this stage of the year, mm -hmm. you need to know that she couldn't stay longer. Yes. Because That's no exactly. mommy would want to disrupt their no. child's exactly. education exactly. and school yes. year. Yes, yes. Wow. Now they're absolutely desperate at yeah. that time, I'm sure. I can only and you imagine, know, yeah. People sometimes say, um, why why do people stay in that relationship for so yeah. long? Yeah. And actually it's a very it's a very hard question to ask. It person. really is, and it's a very wide, wide yes, question yes. But to mostly, ask. Isn't it, hey? Mostly it'll be um, things like I'm not economically in independent. I'm dependent on him. It's for the maintenance of the children, whatever. Yeah. Or secondly, a kind of you know, uh, yeah. they need their father, they love their father. So for that reason, they stay in the relationship. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we often we have to be very blatant with clients and we share the statistics with them that in every day, like up to now, it's nearly eight o'clock. Uh, two people would have been killed. Two women would have been killed in South Africa already. It's three women per day. Um, so it's every eight hours you can say a woman just dies at the hands of her lover, her husband, or a partner. Yeah. Um, so it's shocking statistics. And every 13 minutes in South Africa, a woman is raped. Every three minutes, a girl child is sexually molested. We unfortunately have five times the amount of the global statistics. Um, our country is really reeling at the moment. You from know, staggering from these statistics. Yeah, you know, Miriam. So speaking about it, really, it is a very sad topic mm. because when you listen to those statistics, it, uh, you know, it's it's hard. It's mm. it's mm. hard because if those figures are so high, then amongst ourselves, amongst our family, you know, there is going to possibly be a perpetrator there. Absolutely. You know? I say one in every five women. 
yeah. are abused. Yeah. So you, so you imagine if we are five sisters, mm-hmm. then one of us mm-hmm. is yes. going to be. But but what I also want to speak about is, if you're looking at a certain age range, in, and I would look at the age range that I find myself in. Very, very, very many of the people, the women in our, in my age range, would have been sexually harassed, but it was just never spoken about. Almost all of us can speak about an uncle, a cousin, a neighbor, a pastor, friend. It's crazy, mm, you know. So it's been long coming this, and I feel like it's so important for us to speak about it. It's so important for us to continue to put the awareness out there, the pressure out there, and also to hold the hearts of women and children who have been so abused. Mm. So I just want to come back to when you when you talking about the safe house that you have and, and women stay at Sarki Bartman for four months. What happens after that, do you? I, I would imagine you have programs that prepare them, and we will go more in depth into the programs, etc. Mm-hmm. But I just want to to ask: at four months, what happens from the time the woman is admitted? Well, a week or two after, because you first they're in the orientation program and they go into the shelter, so they actually move physically yeah. to a bigger part of the building. Okay, they, then they get transferred to another social worker, and okay. she deals with that part of the work. Um, they are told, you see, they have to sign a contract with us. There are rules and regulations. You know, if you have to control and contain 100 people, feed 100 people, see that their washing is done and what, it's not easy. So we have rules and regulations. So they sign the contract and in there it stipulates that they have only four months and we cannot give extensions. Okay. You know why? On a daily basis, we're turning people away I'm because sure. we are full. I'm sure. Um, we're full and sometimes can be somebody whose life is in danger and we just can't do it. We'll try and get them in somewhere else. Try, we, that's one of our things that we have to refer somebody somewhere else. Even if somebody comes who's not appropriate for our organization, yes. we have to make a referral to another to see that some service is rendered to the person. So there's a lot of partnerships going on absolutely. with Sarki as well. And we're part of a forum as well for shelters mm-hmm. um, and that's very supportive for us. We're on a chat with each other. We know what's happening in each other's centers and so on. Yeah. So that's quite important. So just another question as well in terms of Sarki Bartman. So very often with shelters and where, you know one has an idea in your head that in a shelter it's it's um, cash strapped it's poor it's the basics. I mean this is just and this is what an organization like Sarki Bartman has to put up with that people are not overly generous with these centers as they should be or could be. So in terms of halal and non-halal, so if you're having a Muslim clientele and they're going to be there with you for a longer period of time, are you able to provide Absolutely. and to see to their needs? We run a strictly halal kitchen. And the clients are told that also from the beginning. They have a pantry where they can put, they are told you cannot put anything non-halal in those fridges or bring in anything like that. Like I said, there are rules and regulations. And if they break that rule, then there will be consequences. Okay. And it's important for us actually to teach these things. Our program is very structured. And a lot of our people who come in are not used to a structured life. 
um, uh, you know, they, some of them yeah. are getting up late in the day. They haven't worked in their lives. Yeah. Um, so it's a shock for them, actually. It's a cultural shock in a I'm way. Sure. Uh, I'm sure. Things that we put in place. But it's all for the, the, the greater good, really. Well, it's, I want it's, to come back, sorry, to sure. the thing you said about the four months that they know there's no extension. Yes. So we work on that all along. Your exit strategy, okay. your safety strategy. What are you going to put in place so you're going to be safe? Yeah. But I want to say to you another unique part of Osaki Batman and what we're also very proud of is we have eight little cottages like bachelor flats um, where women can qualify to go there so you make an application when you've been there for three months and if you have a job now and you can pay your way because you pay 500 rand a month uh, but everything's provided electricity water you get your meal at night your children are provided with school food food for school and so on and they stay for six months okay. so in actual fact some of those people stay for 10 months at the end of the day which is quite exciting yeah i mean really that that is wonderful mm -hmm. for the person mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. because i think people need to realize that when women exit their home and run away basically it's like they're almost a baby in the business of life isn't it eh? because they come with absolutely nothing yeah. um the 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 ideas have been destroyed the birth certificates of the children have been destroyed which puts them right back you know you have to start from scratch yeah so so let's you know we we have such a lot still to speak about. Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Miriam Fredericks, who is the supervisor at the Sarki Bartman Center, which which is, as Miriam explained, it's actually called Sarki Bartman Center for Women and Children. And this is a um, an example of a shelter for for you know the layperson who is not too too um, clear about what type of organization Sarki Bartman is, and Sarki Bartman is where people go who are being abused, their lives are in danger, they feel that they are at risk, etc. This is, you know, one of the places that people will, women will then go to. So coming back to Miriam, let's speak about when, when people are at risk, like life-threatening, someone's wanting to shoot them, someone's really wanting to kill them. You can't even imagine that people would want to have to really experience real risk isn't it, Miriam? And I mean, in your work, you would encounter that. Well, you know, we see the other end of it. We see the result of that risk. The woman will describe it, but we feel protected because uh, because of our security, because of the things we've put in place. We've told, like, we'll tell the women, don't share with your family even where you are. 
And a lot of them keep that for nearly four months. That's wonderful. People don't know where they are really. That's wonderful. So it's worked out quite well. Wonderful. I don't feel threatened there, like I said I'm, you before. I'm so, I, gla- I'm so glad because, uh, I mean, you're doing such wonderful work. Yes. Alhamdulillah. May Allah always foolish. protect you. We do. we do. There was one time a few months ago um, we had a shutdown. Okay. It was over the weekend, but we felt the whole place was under threat at the time. I'm not going to go into the details. Yes. But our director took that um, decision. decision, and the clients were a bit um, resistant to it, but we gave them the least explanation we could, and it worked out quite well for us. You know? Alhamdulillah. Um, you could so rest- uh, restore safety. Yes, yes. So, so how safe is the safe house? How safe are you? Look... The, as I said, when people come into orientation, they're there for two weeks. They're not allowed to go out in those two weeks. So hopefully in that time we feel that they've moved on and the perpetrator perhaps is not looking for them so closely mm-hmm. and whatnot. And they, they're keeping that a secret. As I said, you will never share uh, with anybody, even yes. on the telephone, even parents, family, that phone. We'd yeah. never admit that a particular Madam X or whatever is at the center. We yeah. will deny it completely. We say we don't give information. Then we will take the details and we go back to the... The, the client and say, do, is your mother's name Dora or whatever? And do you want us to put the call through or not? Do you want to speak to your mother? Mm-hmm. We cover ourselves in that way. Yeah. Um, we look. We do have perpetrators that pitch up at the at the gate at this, at the and gate. demand to see the children or they demand to see. Um, uh, the, the the wife yes uh, but as I said the security are quite well trained we've had them for quite a while uh, I think it's Rai Gate yes um, and they're really fantastic they really help us 24-7 um, which is really really great I and, and I want to know so um Sometimes, now remember we're dealing with women who have been abused for a long time. So very often there's dependency, um, you know, trays on their husband as well, although he has hurt them so badly. Do you have a rule or something in regard to the cell phone? Because I've experienced that sometimes a person, you know, at that time and they're leaving and they're very, very upset and a day or two later comes that hopefulness, comes the longing, comes the missing, and then they want to make contact with their spouse mm. and then could very easily say, I'm at Sarki Bartman. Very easily. It's yeah. their choice. At the end of the day, we do not deny them the cell phone. I'll tell you, I didn't talk about another program, very unique also. Okay. Is we have a substance abuse section where we have 10 beds for yeah. um, wow. we have at the moment we have 10 mothers and 7 children in there mm-hmm. and it's because over the years we saw the need for this because part yeah. of the abuse was the men forcing the woman to use substances and then she becomes addicted yes. or it could be that the woman out of her own was using substances and became yeah. addicted So, but there has to be domestic violence involved as well, it's okay. not just a substance abuse uh, rehab program mm-hmm. it's got so, to be so the substance abuse is almost secondary to the abuse that yeah. The woman yes, would have experienced. Yes. So they not allowed cell phones throughout the throughout the time that they're there. Okay. But we do realize, and the, sometimes there are trends. It's amazing that in different parts of the year, yeah. like in the last month, yeah. we've had very many women who leave within the two weeks. Okay. And we're trying to examine why is that, and it's something similar to what you're saying. Um, no, but I think my husband will change. I think there'll be a difference. Uh, the children are longing for him, yeah. whatever. You see, yeah. the the research and d- shows. Don't you don't you also feel like? Um, f- 
when they go there and they then encounter but there are rules Mm -hmm. and so I too have to bring my I have to take responsibility as well this isn't just a free ride exactly you know because because I think one wants to also shift women to to understand you have a responsibility and a part to play because if you don't do that there are thousands of women who deserve Mm -hmm. to be in a position and who are prepared to take responsibility for them becoming better and working with yes. the whole program. Yes. Yes? You see, we always tell them you come here as a volunteer, you come on a voluntary, voluntary basis, so you have the right to leave when you want to. But going back to what you're saying about working on their own issues, yeah. we tell them from the beginning, also when we do group, we do group work therapy, we do a, a, a individual counselling um, and as I said, they have skills training, we have Mosaic used to come in and do life skills workshops with them as well but I always say to them there are subjects we're going to touch on which are uncomfortable for you. And you're going to say, oh, I have a headache today. I can't come or I can't come for my counseling session yes. because my chambers go to clinic. It's called avoidance mm. because you don't want to deal with those. But we need to heal first. Yeah. And you were talking earlier on about toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. And the one thing to heal is with the person themselves. They might be the victim, but they also need to heal before they can, um, the, the relationship can be healed. Yes. Before that, they, they can partner with that person again. Yeah. So the and client I, and th- needs to understand that. Yeah. Do the, do you without blame language? But do you have programs and and stages where you touch on what part in the relationship did I play to have to have sustained this relationship for so long? So whether it is I just accepted it, whether it is you know that I was feeling um, what's it learned helplessness or the anxiety mm. or what mm. the the part that kept me there. We have lots of that. It's called um, healing and restoration or restoration and healing. Mm-hmm. So we do group work around that and we do activities. Um, you know, we also have to address the fact that some of the people are illiterate. So uh, we have to sometimes simplify the program for them. But yes, we do touch on even parenting um, because often the women aren't disciplining the children well enough. But with the parenting, we go back to your childhood. How were you parented? What yeah. happened there? What went wrong there? Um, how do we heal that? So we, we talk about all that kind of stuff. How do you heal that? How do you change who you are now? How do you improve your self-image? You and I spoke earlier on about how yeah. that's yeah. been so diminished by yes. the abuser. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, telling the woman she'll never achieve anything. She's not worthy of anything. Um, so the verbal abuse in that. Yeah. But also even sometimes from childhood, in the schools even the child was abused in that way so the the self-image is very poor yeah Uh, self-esteem is very low and and that's why a lot of the people are not motivated and and that's a a big thing we've got to deal with um healing the hurt but also motivating them to move on to do better for themselves rebuilding the self absolutely absolutely it's quite a task Mm -hmm. that you have because absolutely i come in the supervision okay um as you say, I am a qualified social worker. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, yes, please. Okay. Um, because I, you come with such um, amazing experience, yes. Miriam. I worked at Nicro initially. Um, we are dealt with, as you say, the victim and the, maybe the perpetrator. So there was that. I worked at Cape Mental Health for many, many years, like 13 years, dealing a lot with psychiatric patients. So mm-hmm. I have that kind of background so I yes. can assess 
clients yes. and like we mentioned earlier on that a lot of our clients come with depression or mental illnesses and whatnot and we need to recognize that and yeah. guiding the social workers through that. Um, then I worked at a place called Trauma Center for Survivors of Violence and Torture and I was an international counsel for six years dealing with torture rehabilitation. Um, in the world, that was amazing work. I Lots of networking imagine. and I can only imagine. Um, and were you, were you based? Where were you based in at Chapel the time? Street in in Cape Town. Oh, oh, still in, in okay, yeah, all right. In, in and and is the trauma center still there? Yes, it is. I'm okay. glad to say, yes, still very okay. much. And, and because there was the talk, now. there was the talk a good few years ago mm. that they were going to close. You see, often most NGOs like us also, you're on the brink of closing because donor funding is so bad. But you know, like we've recovered. And, and so I think that happens with lots of NGOs. You do go through that kind of yeah. uh, roller coaster, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. You know, especially because also in South Africa, international funding has dried up. Um, our economy yeah, is not true, in a good space, hey? so it's difficult for people actually to, to donate that much. Yeah. I think international funders are really, um, you know, making their budget smaller because very often they will also say match. South Africans must match what they want to, um, you know, feel they need to donate. And then if the South Africans or that part of the donation falls short, mm-hmm. then you're losing of your international funding as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So really. But I, I, I want to come back to before you know we spoke um, mm. off the air and I'm not sure whether I need to take commercial news but let's just speak about the the difference between or, or the understanding that people will sometimes have is only if it is a physical abuse will mm. it or could it be life-threatening mm. just mm. your thoughts on that please Miriam I think you touched on something earlier on where you said for instance the sexual abuse that we need to touch on that so what I was thinking is there are forms of abuse that might not be life-threatening, mm-hmm. but are underlying and start in the beginning and it's not recognized and yet can destroy the inner person. Yeah. And often the wounds that we can't see are the deepest and the worst. Absolutely. So, you have so in a way, it also is life-threatening because yes, it almost yes. ends your... T- yes, many of our clients have attempted suicide so yeah. many times. Yes. We have to deal with that. Miriam, I've just been told yes. that we okay. have two minutes left okay. over and then we need to greet and do the whole okay. f- uh, thing. Yes. So I just want to say, if anyone wants to contact Sarki Bartman, mm-hmm. do they just can they just phone your number They can as phone well? or they can arrive there, like I said. Okay. So it's, uh, but if they want to see a social worker, they'll have to be office hours Monday to Friday, 8.30 till about 4 o'clock. And it's 21 633 That's great. I'm going to repeat the number mm-hmm. later on in the program as well. If someone feels that they are at risk um, and they are very scared with uh, because of the situation they are in, they're also able to just go to you and from there the matter will be dealt yes. with and they'll be assessed or re- referred to elsewhere. Or Look, in South Africa we actually fought to have the Domestic Violence Act mm-hmm. and according to that, South African police are supposed to assist people. If a woman arrives at their office and she says, I've been abused, look at my blue eye, look, they're supposed to protect her and they have the knowledge of all the shelters and they are supposed to take the woman into a safe house. Okay. That is the ideal. Yeah. Miriam, shukran so much. It was great to speak with you. And I mean, I think we gained such a lot of valuable knowledge about your center that you are involved in. And um, in our next program, we will unpack a lot more toxic 
relationships, mm. you know, what are risks that I think people need to be aware of, etc. And I think I, I, we are at the end of our program. Shukran, all the best. Assalamu alaikum. Shukran to you. Afwan, so we go into the late evening prayer. of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Good evening. This is the Shahida Kali show, but this part of the show is called VOC SOS Helpline. So in this part of the show particularly, I will respond um, as a registered clinical psychologist with the HPCSA. And um, we're speaking about particularly focusing tonight on abuse, domestic violence, toxic relationships, etc. But you can message me about any mental health issue that you have that you'd like to speak with me about, ask questions about, get an explanation about, comment about, you know, it's your prerogative, this is your program. So a way in which you can get hold of me and be a part of the program is, of course, to send an SMS. And when you send an SMS, you will then send it to the SMS number 47913. If you, that's 47913, if you want to WhatsApp, then the WhatsApp number is 0722380712. I don't usually say it in that way. So let me just say the cell number again. It's 0722380712. Again, 0722380712. 
0712. You can also call me on the number 021-442-3530. That's 021-442-3530. And you will then be live on the air. So we've dealt with and we started, this is a four um, series four weeks program that we that we are doing focusing on toxic relationships etc and you know i wanted us to focus on sarki bartman center for women and children and what they offer and how they operate just to give our listeners an idea of if you are in an abusive situation and you need to go to a shelter or a place of safety, Sarki Bartman is one of those places. And this is basically what you will find at most shelters or, or most places of safety. I think they run such a stunning program. It's really, really fantastic. And they've been in existence for so long. And as Miriam said earlier on, sadly to say that they've been in existence so long because, you know, you think they need to be in existence because the violence and the crime continues, the violence perpetrated, you know, against human beings continued. So whilst we are focusing on on and our conversation on violence perpetrated against women and children, we acknowledge that there are also men who are the victims of violence that are perpetrated against them. We are not excluding them. And if you have a point or a comment or a question to make in regard to that, then please feel free to always you know, let us know so that we can include your thoughts in the conversation. So firstly, to say Sarki Bartman's contact number is 021-633-5287. That's 011, sorry, 021-633-5287. You can, if you need urgent intervention, you can actually go directly to Sarki Bartman. And Sarki Bartman is situated opposite the, what we used to refer to as the old Nicomalan um, training center where nurses used to train. And or it is kind of up the road to and in line with where um, the Mannenberg police station is in Clipfontaine Road. And, you know, but it will just be more to the Athlone side. So it will still be in Clipfontaine Road on the same side of the Mannenberg police station. So I want to go to of the messages that I'd already received and um I've received a message that says they are abused but keep on going back to their husbands. I've given up on my daughter. So thank you for this message because it speaks very clearly to one of the aspects of being in an abusive relationship and the the whole cycle of abuse. And you know, I've we I said to Miriam one of the questions I'd like to ask is why do women stay? And women stay for a number of reasons. Women stay because they believe they love the person. Women stay because they love the person more than they love themselves. 
They love the person more than they love their own safety. They love the person more than they love their own dignity and self-respect. Because, you know, when someone is abusing you um, and you continue to stay, you have to be clear about what is the reason why you're staying and does that have to be addressed and remedied, okay? So even if... You know, when we have these conversations, it's not to encourage a person to sever, to end their relationship or marriage, but it is to encourage a person who is in an abusive situation to find help, to have an intervention, and to know that if one of the interventions could be separation, And there is still the possibility of when healing has happened and when both the perpetrator and the victim has gone through a process of therapy and self-appraisal and attending to the to the violence that's happening, that they can there is a an opportunity and a chance for the family to be reunited. So it is never to say that whilst we are empowering you as a woman, it means that you now need to leave your husband. We do attend to what would have gotten the woman to the point where she felt she needed to leave. So I hear your pain, mom or dad would actually send in this message to say that I've given up on my daughter because she keeps on going back. Perhaps a good thought would be that when she comes back to you, that you suggest to her that she goes into therapy where they can unpack and help her to see what are the reasons, what motivates her to go back and are the interventions that can happen. So it does not preclude that she can go back to her husband, but it would address that which needs to be addressed before going back to your husband, you know. And there are people who are in real danger, in real risk of being harmed. I mean, women are um, in situations where they are at risk to be killed. We would have heard that every day there are three women who are being killed, meaning every eight hours a woman is being killed by her intimate partner. That is so sad. It's the fact that these women are being killed by the people with whom they are as intimate as you can never be with anyone else. I mean, you know, and yet they are being killed by these people. So I'm really, you know, I'm saddened for you and I can only imagine how um, concerned and worried you must be when every time your daughter goes back. I would really suggest that when you see her and speak with her, do not try to make her feel like it was so bad for her to go back. Ask her to think about are there ways in which you can go back and stay there in a way that will make the marriage better, that you can stay there without having to run away, without having to fear for yourself and perhaps your children. 
the the messages continue from this parent that says my daughter is not even worried about her children that see how her husband abuses her and so what kind of mother it is that she sees and I hear what you're saying I hear your concern as a parent you make an absolutely valuable point that Children engage people, us human beings, we engage in social learning, meaning we watch others and we learn by the example that they sit. We learn by the role modeling that they do. So when when parents are role modeling domestic violence, abusive behavior, and and the other parent like the mother just accepts it and accepts it, you're teaching your children that women will accept the abuse and husbands, you know, it you know, they, they abuse. You kind of normalize the situation. You even normalize and desensitize. You know, you become desensitized, your husband becomes desensitized, and even the children can become desensitized. And you can normalize it for the children, assuming you have a little boy child. That boy child could, you know, internalize it that it's okay for me to beat up on girls and women. You know, when I grow big, I can beat up on on women because that's what fathers do. That's what men do. And your girl child will, will internalize that when you are hit by your husband or, you know, a, a person with whom you are in an intimate relationship or a man in your in your intimacy space um, that that's just normal they hit you at times you know and very often they hit you in the so-called name of love so I'm hitting you because I love you I'm hitting you because I want you to be better I'm hitting you because you don't listen and so therefore I need to hit you and so these are the types of you know lines that perpetrators and abusers use to make you feel that they're actually trying to do an act of good by hitting you by abusing you by bullying you by breaking you down so I, my thoughts are don't give up on your daughter. Speak with her and discuss and describe to her alternative options open to her. And if she says, but I'm not leaving him, then ask her, could she consider to go for therapy? You've heard a place like Sarki Bartman will have therapy extended to people who do not wish to be admitted so she can benefit she can go to Nicro she can go to the nearest police station and, and find out you know what are, what's the information about the, set, the shelters in her area and speak with someone really you know sometimes when you're abused you've been abused for so long so you've been made to believe certain things about yourself to believe certain things about the perpetrator, like the perpetrator will say, you will never survive without me. You need me in your life. It's because of me that you are where you are today. It's because of me that you can live the life that you do. So so they try to instill in you the thought and the belief that you cannot survive without them. Sometimes they will tell you how nothing you are, 
how fat you are, how ugly you are. No one will believe you. You know, people will think you're pathetic. Um, you'll just bring shame to your family if you were to go and speak out. You know, we believe that whatever happens in the family should stay in the family. How dare you even think that you should be speaking with others? If you go, I'll hurt you. If you go, I'll hurt your family. If you go, I'll kill you. If you go, I'll hurt the children. And I mean, we have experienced in South Africa how how parents would have killed their children. And you will see that that would have grown from a family in which domestic violence has been present. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and we are listening to the program VOC SOS Helpline. So I've been receiving messages and comments in regard to um, the domestic violence, abusive relationships. And as I said, I'm taking messages in regard to mental health. It doesn't particularly have to be about domestic violence or abuse. So someone sent in a message and it says, well, this must be a woman who sent it in and she says this needs to stop everything starts at home we as mothers if we are in an abusive relationship in our marriage and have kids and stay quiet about it then it feels like we are stuck in it we must remember that our kids suffer mentally because of our silence our choices it builds their anger and makes them bitter at the end of the day they become the perpetrators themselves become a survivor the person says be the hero be the role model and break the silence um, teach our children what abuse is and so that we can prevent our children from becoming the next victim or perpetrator the person continues to say women everything starts with us change starts with us and it will only happen if we make the changes let's take back our strength and willpower and turn to our most high as he will not forsake us so beautiful message there you know um that that i've just read and i'm trying to get back to my um whatsapp uh, programs so um, let me just close this message and then I'm back another mess and, and shukran for that contribution it's really a lot of thought provoking um, strong messages that have come through from that person um, I continue to go to the next message and this message says I suspect my 29 year old daughter is using drugs who can I approach for help? So you can contact Nicro. Nicro works with 
with people who are using drugs, but Nicro also works with family members who are affected by the, the drugging behavior of their loved ones. So let me give you Nicro's contact number. You can phone them and then you can, you know, speak with them in terms of the way forward. The number for Nicro is 021-397-6060. That's 021-397-6060. That, those, that's the number of Nicro, and Nicro works with drug addiction and drug addic- addictive behavior. You also have the Cape Town Drug Counseling Center, which is Sanka. You can also contact Sanka and find out, you know, how they can help you. Now, Sanka charges a very small nominal fee, whereas Nicro is completely free. Sanka's telephone number is 021-945-4080. That is 021-945-4080. So then I go to another message that we've I've received, and um, this message reads: Depression in men is a big marriage breaker. And so, of course, the person will be speaking of experience in terms of depression and how when a man is depressed, how it can lead to behavior changes, personality changes, um, you know, things that the person would never do, they're doing now because they're depressed. Sometimes withdrawal, um, you know, they completely withdraw from the family. Sometimes when men are depressed, they can present with anger or irritability um, and really just not coping with situations that are making them feel depressed. My thoughts to you are when you know that your husband is depressed, get help. Get help for yourself as a couple. If he refuses to go, then get help for yourself because the more you are skilled to work with your husband who is depressed, the more you can help to influence changing his behavior and maybe making him see the benefit of reaching out to have therapy for himself, inshallah. You know, sometimes men feel very ashamed. It's like, am I weak because I'm depressed? But people get depressed not because they are weak. People also suffer from depression regardless of their gender, whether they are a man or a woman, whether they are wealthy or struggling, whether they have a job or not, whether they are in a marriage or not. You know, people are depressed for different reasons. And when you are depressed, get help for your depression. Then there is another message that had come through and it says, I was abused from the day I got married and it's been going on for 10 years. And after the last abuse, I made up my mind and made a case against him and he actually went to jail. And I gave him his fasa paperwork to jail just because I couldn't anymore. The last straw was when he broke my ribs and now I'm in a very good space with my children. Wow, shukran for sending in this message. Because sometimes women who are in abusive relationships and they stay are sometimes very scared. They're scared about how will I cope? What will I do? How will I survive? 
you know, um, I love this person. We're supposed to be hopeful. We are taught never give up in the hope of Allah. And sometimes there's the whole confusion around that where one would want to say, never give up in the hope of Allah to support you to change an abusive situation that you find yourself in. I, I feel like you have contributed so profoundly to the program in which after 10 years you took a stand. I mean, I, I can only imagine the pain that you were in with broken ribs. I can only imagine how your road must have been filled with confusion and all of what the stigma, internalized stigma that women experience when they are in abusive relationships so the person continues to say and if he couldn't take it out on me he turned to the children at this moment my kids say he's only the sperm donor shame how sad that is how very sad that is and you know the good thing is that it feels as if you and your children have been on a journey of recovery and healing and may Allah make it better for you for them and may Allah grant that you are an encouragement for women and children who find themselves in this type of terrible terrible abuse and violence that they need to know that they can make a change in their lives so i continue to read messages and just received a message to say shukran afwan you're welcome from one of the people who had sent in a message earlier and then um there is a request for me to repeat nikro's number i'm going to repeat it now i hope you have your pen and paper ready um I'm just looking it up on my list of numbers that I have to go into. So here is the number. It is Nikro's number, 021-397-6060. That's 021-397-6060. All the best, inshallah. Nikro does stunning work. Then we have a message that says, I just want to make a statement. The elderly parents of the big children, most of these parents don't want financial support. And the children that can give anything, just sit by your mother or father, chat and massage or help with things or message, sorry, or help with things in the house. Mom and dad need just to see their daughter or son or the grandchildren. Don't avoid your parents. They are old. Um, other old other your own children will avoid oh so they are this person saying they are old don't avoid them otherwise when you are older your children will avoid you as well so shukran for this message it's such a good message an important reminder that parents elderly parents usually will say i do not want their money i just want them to spend time with me i just want them to sit and talk with me come and sit and and interact with me be in my company look at me speak with me be there in my space. That's what elderly parents will say to you over and over and over. And we want to encourage children 
please visit your elderly parents or actually parents in general but particularly when children are when parents are older they need you to be there for them they need you to be present they need you to visit them they need you to give them love and a hearing listen to them don't be irritable with them even if they tell you a story over and over listen to them and just say yes mommy yes daddy i hear you i understand i'm listening i'm here for you love them keep them under your wings of mercy close to you so i have another message that says my daughter got divorced whilst under idda she left the house leaving her kids with us she's living with someone whom she is interested in the person's mother i don't understand that now she's she is living with someone who she is interested in the person's mother probably in the person's mother's house she was diagnosed with depression and said to approach a psychiatrist what must i do as a mother she couldn't for the message i can only imagine how worried you must be for different reasons one of the reasons is that when your daughter is under idda she should actually not leave your home and live in a home in which there is someone whom she is also interested in remember part of the idda is to establish lineage of a child should there be a pregnancy so and you have to stay with a mahram and so stay with your mom because i'm assuming this is mom and mom and dad who's sending the message so to approach your daughter to say to her um that you know that she is depressed and you know that she needs a little bit of help um would she allow you to help her to find the help that she needs so if there are financial constraints you can take her to the closest clinic nearest to you to the closest day hospital and let her speak with a psychiatric nurse or the unit manager they will do a complete workup of her they will assess her for depression and they will take it from there whether it is to medicate her with an antidepressant or to refer her to psychological intervention to speak with a psychiatric nurse to speak with a psychologist who works in the area and all of that could be for free but i do think that you need to also be clear to guide your daughter in regard to the period of idda and what the requirements of idda is for her as a young muslim lady may allah make it easier on you and her and may allah guide and grant to insight that she realizes to to look after to look after your idda you know idda is a gift from allah to a woman looking after your idda is about looking after yourself allah in allah's infinite knowledge and wisdom has given us the gift of idda for the best reasons because Allah knows us better than we know so inshallah may Allah make it easier on her and on you and on her children inshallah amen my radio station
station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and nearing the end of my program. So someone wanted the number of Sarki Bartman. Remember, you can also go there directly. But the number of Sarki Bartman Center for Women and Children is 021-633-5287. That's 021-633-5287. Remember also, you can go directly to Sarki Bartman if you feel that your life is at risk or if you feel you are in deep trouble with the abuse that's happening and you are your life is at risk or your safety is at risk then I have received a message that says it's very sad to be living alone in a house and my daughters never visit me since my wife passed after 43 years of marriage and educating them. I'm really, really, really sorry about your situation and I'm appealing to children to visit their elderly parents and especially when a parent is now alone. My thoughts are perhaps it would be a good thought to speak with someone who is close to them like an auntie um, you know or another family member or so who, who might be able to speak with them and kind of tell them dad's alone dad needs you guys to visit and just broach the subject with them and conscientize them to visit you inshallah what i would suggest is don't be alone in the house all the time Involve yourself in the community, involve yourself with your neighbors, with friends, um, with family members, other family members, nieces, nephews, grandchildren um, at the masjid, projects at the masjid. Go to the masjid every wakt. Involve yourself even at the clinic, your local clinic. Are there anything happening that's for the elderly so that you have people in your life and that it does not feel so alone? May Allah make it easier on you, inshallah. I mean, then I um, have another message and people are sending message to messages to say that they find the uh, the program interesting and thanking them uh, thanking me and I, th- I thank you very much as well then I and I know that I'm really at the end of my message uh, of my program um, a message that had come through I've been living with a mental illness and I'm proud of myself my mom and negative people said it's an embarrassment but I'm positive and I know what's right and long, uh, wrong and I look with loving care after my mom um, and and 
the person says, and I have Allah, and I'm so proud of you. And shukran for this message, because it really just encourages people with mental illness to say that you can be proud of yourself. You are special. A mental illness is an illness by Allah, and Allah loves people whom Allah give illnesses to. May Allah make it easier on you and your mom, inshallah. So there's a last message of what is the different symptoms of females who are depressed and what's their behavior like. I mean, I I can't go into a long conversation. I'm going to address this in our next program. What I'd like to say is, firstly, sadness, sometimes withdrawal. Difficulty in the presentation of how they behave, sometimes irritableness, sometimes anger, sometimes snappy, difficulty eating or overeating, difficulty sleeping or oversleeping, you know, like constantly tired. We call it hypermotor hypomoto retardation like slower movement you know um so just just an overall sense of lack of energy losing an interest in joyful things they might have found before withdrawing from life withdrawing from people going quiet but really just presenting as different as before tearfulness bursting out crying you know so those are of the symptoms very very quickly i wanted to share with you i need to greet so just to say that i'm in private practice as a clinical psychologist under the name shahida abrahams with contact number zero two one five nine two oh five six three or oh eight three two double three four seven six nine and to please phone me during office hours from me shahida assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh take care